All right, everyone, it's time for another episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm joined once again by Kyle Hall from the Broadway Hat podcast. And today we're going to talk about the Sammy Blay injury, as well as the games against the Devils and the Canadians. How are you doing, Kyle? Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, uh, I mean, this, uh, I mean, Sunday, that game against the Devils was insane. Uh, yeah. What a great game. A 4-3 win for the Rangers. You know, Kako breaks out. We'll talk about that later. Kako had two points in that game. Lafreniere finally got on the, the goal scoring sheet. Um, and then that shootout was just insane. Georgiev really, really bailed us out there, um, surprisingly. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was the Subban slew foot on Sammy Blay. Um, so Sammy Blay ended up tearing his ACL. He's out for the season and surgery is going to come in a couple of weeks. Um, so hopefully that goes well. But the thing I had was I couldn't, re- I can't really tell if it was intentional or not. Obviously, he did the thing to Reeves in, in preseason, and he's got a history. There was like a video on YouTube from like seven years ago of just a compilation of Subban slew footing players from seven years ago, and it was like two minutes long. Just imagine what that is like now. Yeah, I, I think it's the fourth time this year, including the Reeves in the preseason, that he's actually done this move on someone this year. Um, I mean, it's BS. I mean, the guy obviously he, he's doing it. I don't know if he's doing it on purpose per se. He's doing it because I've seen a lot of people say this. Um, he's too old. You know, he's too slow to keep up with the game now. And he's scared of a guy making a move in the corner and leaving him the dust, which would happen. And he's going in wide to basically set a pick or, you know, to put himself in the way of these guys and his knee or skate is catching them and the slew foot's happening. It's not as egregious as it was early in his career when you can see him actually kick the leg out. So I do think, like I saw uh, the referee, Tom Peel, who had his own incident in the NHL last year with the, the guy who was the, uh, the ref who got in trouble for saying the makeup call on the mic yep. and got fired. Yes. So I guess, so he's now doing, or Tim Peel, uh, he's now doing um, analyst work. And he said that he reached out to PK and PK said that it's a bad habit he's developed this year. And it's like, no, no, you've been doing this your whole career. That's not a habit. You've been doing it. But it comes a point now where he might not be intentionally slew footing guys. It's happening because of this new uh, whatever way he's going into the boards now to try to slow guys down. But you hurt Ryan Reeves. You know, Reeves was out for a week or so, missed the end of the preseason. You know, it was a game time decision for game one. Thankfully, he didn't miss, you know, extended time there. Sammy Blay is now out for the year. You know, that's a huge loss to the Rangers in general. But the NHL didn't do anything. You know, there's nothing that's come about it. He's already been fined, I think, twice this year, ready for it. When does it, not to name drop or anything, but I was talking to Mike Rupp yesterday about this. And Mm -hmm. Rupp was saying, and I said to Rupp, I said, you know, when does the NHL step in when it happens to Crosby or Ovechkin? I'm like, if he does this to Ovechkin during the middle of this run to break Gretzky's record and he takes this guy out for a couple months with a knee injury. Is that when the NHL steps in? Like when, when they finally tell, you know, cause this guy's making $9 million a year, him getting fined five, $10,000. That's nothing. That's a, you know, it's to us, that's a ton of money to him. It's like seven bucks. So, I mean, what can you really do with this guy that, um, and I saw Ryan Reeves like, like post game, like someone asked him, why didn't you fight him? 
And Subban's not going to fight him. You know what? And he said, all I'm going to do is take a cross-check penalty or instigation, you know, instigator penalty and put myself, you know, put the game of the team in a bad spot in a close game. You know what? And it really comes down to like, you know, what do you do then? And that's another question I asked Rupp, a guy who stood up for himself and stood up for teammates. Like, what do you do in that, inst- you know, in that, you know, particular inst- where the guy's not going to fight. And he's like, there's really not much you can do, but he should have to answer the bell. Like he, he should as a, as a hockey player step up and answer the bell next game. Maybe not fight Reeves, maybe fight a guy like Kreider more in his weight class. But, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, I went off on Twitter about it because it's just, it's a situation where he's just done this his entire career. And it's just, you know, when, when they finally get to tell this guy enough's enough. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he needs more than just a slap on the wrist. The NHL, the league does that. They tend to do that, not just with, with incidents regarding suspension, but like like on ice play, but off ice play, of course, with the Blackhawks incident. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, Subban, whether it's intentional or not, it doesn't matter to me. I think he, I think he needs to face some form of discipline, uh, where, whether it's he's out for three games, five games, something like that. It can't be like a five- $10,000 fine. That's no. not going to do anything. You got to get and, game checks. Game checks are where these guys lose money. That's the real. Right. You know, he starts losing 50 K, you know, then you're, you know, then you're talking, okay. He's losing a couple game checks here, but um, yeah, it's a weird situation. Cause again, the guy is not going to actually drop the gloves. So how do you get any kind of payback on him? It's so weird. Like I, I have a lot of respect for Subban as a person. He does a lot of really good stuff off the ice. Like he says a lot of good things. Uh, I think he's like a, a good, a decent human being. I genuinely feel that, but like sometimes his on ice play, it bothers me like something, something like what, what he did to Reeves or something like he did to play. If that keeps happening, it's just, it's not a good look. And, you know, I think honestly, I, again, like I, I feel like he should face some, some discipline and, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but like, like you said, it is a habit that, but he's just not developed it this year. This is it's just yeah. a habit that he's had <laughs> his entire yeah. career. It is yeah. a habit, but just not, not this year <laughs> all time. It's, it's a 12 year habit that he's had running. Yes. He's, yeah. He's trying to shake. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense what you're saying that he's, he's a little bit older now, so he can't catch up to guys. So, you know, he like stretches his legs out to, to catch, you know, take as much space up or whatever. But and by doing that, you get behind a player's skate or whatever. And, you know, you end up slew footing the guy. Yeah. So four times this has happened this year. And it took until the fourth time where a significant injury yeah. happened. Now Sammy Blay's out for the year. And he's one of those players, Sammy Blay, that was – you know, that fits that grit narrative, um, mm-hmm. the tougher to play against player. I, there's a lot of things that I liked from Blay in his first month. Plus, I mean, obviously he didn't score a goal for us yet, but he made some nice plays. Uh, I like how he charges the net. He uses his size. I, I genuinely like that. It just, it gives me Rick Nash vibes. And, you know, a lot of players, you don't really see it too often. And we, you could say we have like three players that do that. We have Kreider, Gauthier, and then Sammy Blay that, you know, is willing to use their body to, to get to the net. And I yeah. think that's an important player. Um, yeah. I, I liked Blay Blay. I mean, I love playing the preseason. I thought he played great in the preseason. Oh yeah. Um, I was all about it. I was, you know, all these Ranger fans on Twitter are all mad about the Bujanevich trade, which you can't blame the guy for getting traded for someone. You know what I mean? Like that's, 
not his fault. You know, he came right. over here in that right. deal. So he had a bad, you know, I wouldn't say bad start, but like Ranger fans were already not liking him because he wasn't 89, you know? Right. Cause he, and he's not, he's just not Booch Nevich. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's, exactly. he's not that player. And then he came in and like the first preseason game, he had like eight hits and a goal. And I was like, well, first off, and everyone, anyone I talked to, like I DM'd a bunch of blues uh, writers and like, you're going to love this kid. Like he hits everything. He's a big, strong kid. And they compared him to Kreider in like the sense of a power forward. And I was like, okay, you know, like, he, like but they said third line player, you know, like he's, that's where he should be slotted. And I liked him. I liked this game, had a couple of assists. Him and Alexis Lafreniere had a nice little, uh, that Canadian road trip. They had a nice little one, two punch there in a couple games. And the, uh, against the Predators too, that yeah. game where Blay showed off his hands a little bit, split it over to Lafreniere who scored. Yeah, that, that little winning streak there. Like they, they were clicking that line with uh, Hedl. And, uh, you know, I like the way he was playing. And it stinks because he was finally getting an opportunity on that top line. And he was actually settling pretty well there with Zabajad and Kreider. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he actually looked pretty good there. Um, and then, and sure enough, this happens. And the unfortunate thing is it's a contract year for him, too. So it was a big year for him in general. And, uh, and you know, now he's going to be missing the rest of the year because, you know, this guy, you know, has an unfortunate dirty, dirty-ish play on him. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think like, I'm not, I don't remember if his first game on the top line was in Calgary, but that game against Calgary, I know for sure that's the one where it was a really rough game for him. That's where he mm-hmm. ran into Heedle, yeah. ran into him. He was kind of like all over the place. It, it wasn't a good game for him. And I, I will admit that. Um, and then he kind of bounced back in the next game uh, against, against Florida. Against Florida, then, he looked good. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think against the Devils, he had a breakaway, right? It Was that the game where he, he did, like, the power move to the net, but then the puck slid off his stick? Yeah, it was either the so. Devils or Columbus. I feel oh, like Columbus, was yeah. Yeah, 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 was, yeah. Maybe Columbus. Um, yeah, no, he, he, he was playing well the last couple of games. Um, I just didn't think he, was, he should be on the top line. I'd rather no. have – I'd rather have a guy like Gauthier on there or Lafreniere. Lafreniere needs to move moved up to the top. I mean, he needs to somehow work his way back up that lineup. That's yeah, yeah. But I think, I think you need you can't just win with skill alone. You need those those depth players. Last time you were on, we talked about how we wanted at least one of the the guys on the market, like a Dano or a, a Barclay Goudreau or Nick Benino, Blake Coleman, one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And the Rangers pretty much did that. They got, they traded for Goudreau, uh, traded for his rights and signed him to an extension. Um, some people don't think that was a good extension, but I mean, you, it those, was a need. That's what, those, that's what that kind of player is going yeah. for because there's not too many of them nowadays. It's all skill in, in the league now, all skill, very, very much. Like everyone has some sort of talent. There's not really, it's, it's difficult to find like a somewhat youngish version of like the gritty. Bottom yeah. six player. Yeah, I, I think he's probably the closest guy you would say to a Tom Wilson type player. A guy who is that's hard to come by. You know what I mean? Is, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like like as much as Ranger fans hate Tom Wilson and he's a dirtbag and everything else, you would love that guy in your team. Like oh, a guy yeah. who can step up, fight anyone. You know, Goudreau could fight anyone, but he can also play. You know, he's not just out there. You know, Reeves can fight everyone, but you know, Reeves is a fourth liner. That's what he is. You know, he can give you eight to 10 minutes a night on the fourth line, whereas Barkley can go out there, kill penalties. You know, now he's kind of slot up to that top line. And I know Ranger fans gave him a hard time. He had a rough start. He didn't play very well that first game against Washington. Yep. 
Um, that really, he had a rough couple first games. He got the empty netter. I think it was against Montreal. Um, or might I have believe been so. Yeah. And he scored the next game in Nashville, I think, too. Um, and I, I like the way he's played. I think he's been great on the penalty kill. Um, you know, he's kind of moved around the lineup up and down. I think, obviously, he's a better third-line player. That's where he needs to be. And I think when he is on that third line, it extends the Rangers' lineup a lot more um, because I, I just I think he brings a nice punch to that bottom six. But, I, again, another guy, I mean, it, it's kind of tough. You put a guy, you know, Kreider's got, what, 12 goals in a year now, and Zabanjad is, you know, playing well, not scoring, but he's playing well. Um you know, it's tough to have a guy on that line not produce or not play, not look good at least mm-hmm. uh, when those two are rolling. But, you know, Goodrow, he's done a good job last night against Montreal. I thought he had a really good game. Obviously, he he had uh, Gallagher going there at the end of the game. I, it was right, I'm at the game last night, and it was right in front of me. And uh, I watched him go back and forth on the faceoff dot. And I'm like, there's no way Gallagher drops the gloves with him. Like, there's no chance. Like, you know, he's so much bigger. Yeah, than no. And, but you could just see the frustration boiling over on Montreal. And obviously it's been a tough season. And, uh, and sure enough off the face off, he throws the cheap shot and hits in the mouth. And it's like, well, that's his game though. Like, you know, that's, that's what Goudreau's out there to do, you know, like be, be an agitator, be, you know, a, a, a big physical presence out there. Um, so I, I liked his game last night and he's out there every last minute, every game the Rangers are winning. He's out there, you know, like he's got the trust of the lot right now. You know, he's uh, he's one of their main guys that put out there in big moments. Right. Yeah. And I think I, I was very, very surprised that, you know, Brendan Gallagher took that penalty. That was like pretty uncharacteristic of him. I, yeah. I'd say like, cause he's like the heart and soul of, of Montreal. He's been on the team forever since like early 2010s. Great player. Uh, and then he just goes ahead and sucker punches uh, uh, Goudreau. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't I have no idea what they were saying. It had to have been something Goudreau said to him. That's probably, I, have you saw, I mean, a minute left in the game, your goalie is pulled and you go in and sucker punch a guy and take a penalty. And basically, I mean, that ended the game. I mean, Montreal had one more chance after that, but yeah, I mean, but with like five seconds left. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. Then the Rangers yeah. were just, they, they won the face off. I believe they were playing they keep just, away. Yeah. They were playing you keep know. away, passing it around to each other on, on the power play. That's all they needed to do. Yeah. At that point that, it's it's in the bag like you can't take a penalty like that but yeah I think I don't think Goudreau is gonna stay on that top line as as long as for 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 very much longer if if like Gauthier or Kako or Mm -hmm. actually Kako should stay where he is right now he's playing so well with he's playing well with Panera now yeah I I wouldn't touch I wouldn't touch Kako it's not from your spot to win I think but yeah just because I think Gautier and Kreider play so much of a similar game, I don't know how they'll work on the same line together. Um, like, Gautier needs that's to get to the true. front of the net, and that's where Kreider obviously has that set up shop. Um, and it's funny. So, I, I went to an event last night before the game where there were a bunch of Rangers uh, alumni talking. And uh, uh, Ron uh, Greshner, Ron Greshner was there, and he's talking about the development of a hockey player. And he was saying that. Chris Kreider has been so good for so many years, but he's seen a development in him the last two years where he's taken a big step forward in his game. And he said it could take a player a while to understand where they need to be on the ice. Like where he's like, Ovechkin found his office. You know, it took him a year in the NHL, but Ovechkin figured out where to be on the ice. And he's done a very good job at it. But he's like, you know, that blue paint is where Kreider needs to be. And he said in years prior, he's done well there, but he's, you know, still circle, you know, still try to play another different game, but he's like, he's a more of a focused 
downhill player this season. North South. And he's like, this year. yeah, yeah. yeah. He just skates in straight lines. That's what he's straight, he skate, straight line skater goes right to the net. And man, I mean, he's Anders Lee is a very good front net presence, net front presence in the Islanders. He might, you know, the two of them are maybe one and two, at least in the Metro for how good they are in front of the net. Kreider's deflection skill this year is unbelievable how he's deflecting these pucks in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it helps when you have Panarin, Zibanejad, and Fox making no-look passes on your tape. And, you know, basically, uh, I, I, Adam Graves was there last night. He was saying, you know, that Zibanejad will, can bounce a puck off your knee into the net. You know, these guys are so good, those direction off you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just like when you play with that kind of skill and you have a guy who can actually get it done from the net, it's a great combination, obviously, and Kreider's really taking advantage of it. But I think Gautier, you know, he had a really good game last night. He was really good last night and he's shown flashes, but this is his opportunity to finally step up and, you know, take an everyday role now. And, and this is kind of why the Rangers kept him for this long. You know, he's had this potential, you know, his first round potential is big body the speed to, you know, to do something. And, and this is his chance. Yeah. And when, when Goche was drafted, I mean, he was a first rounder. Uh, he scored like 40, 50 goals, maybe in juniors mm-hmm. played in, in Carolina's eight on eight, eight, on Carolina's AHL team and he he torched he torched the AHL and then you know when he called got called up to the NHL I mean it's taken him a long time to to figure yeah. stuff out in the past few games he's played very very well like he's just not afraid to you know charge the net what in one of the most recent games I believe it was against Columbus he like he kind of bum rushed like two defenders like kind of went straight up the middle of the ice and he drew a penalty yeah he's he a huge a dude He's a big guy with sides, like similar to Kreider, where it's going to be tough to stop him when he gets going. Right. Yeah. And it's tough to say, like, how would you he's playing well and he might be deserving of power play time. But the way the the lines are like, where are you going to put him? Because like you kind of you kind of need you kind of need like Panarin, Fox, Zavannajad yeah. and Kreider on that first unit. You put do you put Gauthier on that first first pair? I don't think so, because no. Kreider's there. But and then if, on if the anything, I, I would probably take Strom off the first pair and put uh, Lafreniere out there. Kako or Lafreniere. Yeah, yeah. Kako or Lafreniere out there. I think if Kako, I mean, if that kid's confidence gets rolling now, like last two games, he's been phenomenal. Oh, he's been goodness. so good. I don't like, know what, you know, what was said to him. I don't know if that little break the Rangers had last week, let him clear his head, but he's been great. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, because Strom really hasn't done much on the power play this year. And unfortunately, I think Strom has struggled this year. I think he's one of the guys that has been somewhat disappointing. I mean, he has nine points in 12 games, so stuff, yeah, tough he's to played, say. Nah, he plays well, but I just don't – yeah, he, I get what you see. You, you know what I mean? Like, the know. last two years, he's been a really a standout. And I, I feel right. like Strom hasn't – I don't know. I, I, like, he hasn't really stood out to me this year, as a lot of guys are. So, uh, I don't know if maybe putting a lot from your Kako up there – and maybe that builds their confidence too in those kids if they get a couple goals in the power play. Because the second power play unit is not doing anything. Like they, they do. They're out there killing 40 seconds at a time. Like they're not, right. Yeah. They're you know, barely out there. You know, they're, they're out there for 40 seconds. They're really not getting, and it's usually on a change. And I'm going to say 50% of the time when they get the puck in the zone, it gets taken away right away or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think if you put Gautier out there in a second power play unit, 
you'd probably take out Truba because yeah, you'd have yeah, that's that's you know you'd, you'd I would like to leave Nils Lundqvist out there because he's got really he's good on in the offensive zone, I'd say. Yeah, and Truba for I mean Ranger fans kill that guy. I mean, I he's feel been like playing well though. Recently. He's been playing well though. Like he's had his ups and downs, but he's been playing well. He's averaging what twenty two minutes a game. So like he's eating ice. You know, like he's doing what he should be doing. But you're paying the guy a lot of money to be a second pair. Right. Exactly. So I understand, that's what, I understand that's what why people are mad about it. So yeah. it's the same it deal with Kreider. Same deal with Kreider. Like, and that's how I felt too. Like, I mean, if Kreider can sustain this his play that he's been that he's had for a month into the season for the entire year, then he's absolutely worth that contract, but he has mm. to, that's his problem. Consistency. Can yeah. you hold on to this for, for an entire season, this, this level of production? This is the longest he's gone on one of these hot streaks, quote unquote. Like he's gone in these like five, six games where he'll score like six games, you know, six goals in seven games. And he'll kind of disappear for like eight games. So him sustaining this right now, Gives me hope that this isn't just a hot streak, that maybe he has found his confidence and found something in his game. Um, I mean, he's on like a sixty game pace, sixty goal pace right now. Like, you know, he's on an insane pace. He's not gonna keep this up, but um, you know, I I said before the year, like for you know, my it was like five hot takes, and it was like Kreider breaks thirty goals finally. That looks good. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I said that Igor would be a top five goal in the NHL. I think that. Looks pretty good. That one looks pretty good too. Yeah. Um, well, I was wrong on one. I said Kako's got 25 goals. He better get hot because I, I don't know if that's gonna happen. Um I'm trying to think of my other my other one was uh the Rangers make the playoffs. So I mean, obviously they're hopefully trending that way. Um, and then my, my last one was that uh Sammy Blay would turn into a fan favorite, which uh is unfortunately I don't know if he ever got there, but you know, it looks like that's gonna be cut short this year. A lot of people, a lot of people gave him crap. Um, yeah. After that game against Calgary, when it, Heedle went he he took out a couple guys. Yeah. It, yeah. it wasn't good. Yeah. I mean, his was... nickname is Sammy the Bull. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like that nickname for him. Yes. Yeah. The Bull. It's Bull um, trying to shop. But yeah, and then like getting back to like the fourth line stuff, like the the guys like like Blay. I mean, he's too good to be playing on the fourth line. But mm-hmm. if you take a look at our fourth line this year and compare it to like years past, where we've had a defenseman on there, like Brendan Smith or mm-hmm. Michael Haley on there, Greg McKegg, like you really cannot compare the 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 level. I mean, Rooney was there last year and he did well. Yeah, and Blackwell was a good player, but we would typically play him in the top nine for uh, whatever reason. He'd, he'd do well there. He would do well there, Blackwell. Um, but the way – since game one, the way the fourth line has played, Hunt, Rooney, and Reeves, they've played so well. Like, they generate offensive chances. And I can't – I don't remember the last time we had a good fourth line. Or, like, maybe maybe like 2015 when we had Dominic Moore and, and like, uh, you know – McBride Boyle and, yeah. Right, like those, those guys. guys yeah. Those guys were that was a good fourth line. Like you, they could ship in for for like 10, 15 points each of those guys uh, in the season. That's I mean that's more than what you need. You just need them to, you know, win a face off or whatever, block some shots, throw the body around a little bit, keep the puck like down in their end, um, in the in the offensive zone, um, rather than you know being on the being having the ice tilted towards you. But like. 
I like the fact that they generate offensive zone chances. What do you think? Yeah, I like the fourth. I think Hunt's played well. You know, I I wish I saw he had it with seven shots in. Like he was looking for a shot. I think that was in Columbus. Like he was every time the kid touched the puck, he was shooting. Hmm. Um, I am on the president of the Kevin Rooney fan club. I love Kevin Rooney. I loved him last year. I tweet about him probably once a game. Like the guy yeah. is just a solid player. Um, he's great on faceoffs. I think he's at fifty four percent on the year in faceoffs. Fantastic. He's taking big like yeah. Last night he was taking the big faceoffs late in the game, um, and you know he was doing like the like, basically like a lacrosse like faceoff get off kind of a, a setup where he was taking the draws and then running off, you know, skating off the ice as fast as he could. Um, so like, he's got that trust from Gallant. And now for the, I think the whole fourth line does it. We've seen them out there in really big moments. And, uh, and I mean, Reeves had his first fight last night, which by the oh, way, I mean, that what, was electric. A, what a clobbering that was. Oh man. Um, I haven't seen him beat down like that in a long time. That was awesome. The garden was nuts. Yeah. I mean, I, the place is crazy. And then like 30 seconds after that, the Rangers scored. Rangers scored. Yeah. My buddy who was with me was like, as a Canadians fan, he's like, they should give Reeves an assist on that because he is like he got this whole place going you see what i mean um, like some people don't don't think it has anything to do with it but like oh the, no everybody was screaming the, like, the crowd the was electric crowd was electric and reeves was doing the belt thing afterwards and pointing up to the stands i mean the place was going crazy it was still buzzing the next shift and that's when they scored and you can tell so you know the rangers score first montreal scores it kind of like a lull period and this fight happens and the momentum just completely shifted to the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the biggest just beatdowns you will see in a hockey game. I mean, that kid didn't get one punch in Reeves. No, not at I, all. I think he had one punch that maybe glanced his shoulder. And I mean, uppercuts and just like pounding down on him. I was like, oh my God. And the referees were trying to get in there and Reeves just, I don't know why, what, what just, I mean, he was like, he didn't like go of him. Like he was just, He's like, I got like, I'm at MSG on like center ice. I'm not like letting this kid go. And I mean, he did the full victory lap to the penalty mm-hmm. box. And it was awesome. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I saw like every single hockey outlet had it today. Like, you know, the Reeves beat down, which was all, you know, it's great. You know, it's, for him, you know, a guy who I think has played well this year. Uh, I think Ranger fans have uh, kind of were tough on that act you know that signing or trade whatever it was. right the third round pick and, yeah third round like pick and a lot was, of an, a lot to give up but yeah, he's kind of growing on us i think he's definitely growing on ranger fans um and he's played well like he's not like and not at all is he a detriment on the ice you know he's not missing guys in the defensive zone he's has huge hits um last night oh my god so gallagher before he did the the good row thing uh, in the third period, and it's right because I was right on the boards, um, but I was up, so like I was a good view of the boards. And Gallagher standing there, and the 11s just completely pointed backwards. And here comes Reed, here comes Reeves, and you see him just making a beeline for him. And I mean, Gallagher, I, obviously the hockey sense kicked in. And he just he just kind of rolled out of it, and, and Reeves hit the boards so hard. I thought he was going through the boards. Like he hit the board so hard. And I was like, if Brendan Gallagher at five nine with a buck sixty was there and got hit by that train, the dude, the good row thing would have never happen because he would have been actually in the first row, like squashing yeah. a bug. I mean, like the the way that the sound was on the boards is like, oh my God, like 
imagine getting hit by that like it sounded like a truck hit a wall like it was so loud yeah but yeah no, I, a lot of steam uh, so much steam and so did hunt hunt loves throwing the body too uh and so it's really that whole that whole fourth line is really good um and like you said they sustain offensive possessions you know they keep the puck in the, in the offensive zone you know, maybe they're not scoring so much. Rooney's got what, right. three goals they're, due, a year. they're definitely due for a goal, for sure. Yeah, you know, they've been out there for a couple goals with the defenseman scoring. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that this fourth line has been, like you said, we've had, like, Phil DiGiuseppe, you know, come on in. You know, we've had so many guys that kind of come on the fourth line that, I, I mean, they just, you know, not that they weren't NHL players, but they just. Well, DiGiuseppe worked with with Hedo and Kako, but, I mean, like, that was – that's all I remember from him, really. Yeah, if I go a couple games, and then like, yeah, like, you know, these guys just like cycle in and out. But yeah, no, having like a look at the Islanders' success with that fourth line, that identity line they have, and I think it's they, something the Rangers they protected those players, like yeah, in the expansion draft. They were willing to give up Jordan Everly. Yeah, they handed Everly, and they're like, no, give us Matt Martin. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's crazy, and and I think that's something that you we talked about way back in the in the priest in the uh, off season, like having these guys on your roster gives you that identity and yeah have the rangers had a couple cheap shots here and there this year and like you know oh you know yeah they've had a couple stupid little things but all in all i think these players have a lot more flex you know i think they're i think they're skating a lot easier on the ice knowing that reeves is back there Mm -hmm. you know and and it was good to see him finally drop the gloves because i know there was a lot of talk and between ranger fans and i I heard some other media outlets saying like, oh, he hasn't dropped the gloves yet this year. Like, what's he doing? I mean, there really hasn't been an opportunity that I'm like, why isn't Reeves dropping any gloves? Like, you yeah, know, no, not nothing sticks out to me, really. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like nothing sticks out. So I think last night, but like the moment, like I think he sensed like I got to do something, the momentum in the building, the the the, uh, the excitement in the building was kind of like, if you've ever been to a game, like there's a, like a lull period where you're kind of like, this is going up and down the ice. And you, you start to hear the puck being like, you know, hitting the sticks and like, that's how quiet it is. That's what it right. was like. And then all of a sudden this fight happens. And then there was a buzz literally for the rest of the period. And then the Rangers mm-hmm. scored again, the third, and the buzz was back. And then there was a nervous energy towards the end of the game, but that was the momentum shifter right there. He, I think like, like my buddy said, Reeves deserved an assist on that just because of the way that he got the crowd. going. I, I like that. That's a, that's a good point. There, there's, there's the ice cold take of the week. <laughs> Reeves should have had an assist on on uh, Kreider's goal. Kreider's from goal yeah. yeah. Um, but like those guys like Goodrow, Sammy Blay, um, I think they're meant for the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. maybe not so much now, but like when it comes to playoff time, like game 70 to 82, um, or like post the trade deadline, those last 20 games, and then um the playoffs, like those are where those guys really thrive. Um and then, like again, yeah, the fourth line. It, Reeves is a smart player. Like what he said in the post game interview about the Subban thing. Good on him for saying that. Like I'm not gonna go fight that guy. I'm gonna take a penalty. Thank God. Like he said that. Like because <laughs> if we had like someone with like that's brain dead out there, I would just lose my mind if someone just you know he's not a Tanner Glass Ryan Reeves. He's he could play decent hockey. I'd say like. Maybe he has stones for hands, but like, I mean, he's, he works well with everybody. He hits everything mm-hmm. in sight. Good fighter. Uh, and it seems like a great locker room guy too. Like he's yes, the guy who exactly, yells when the guys exactly. come out and everything. He's like been he, to the playoffs, like however many years in a row. Yeah. Like teams constantly try and acquire this guy. So there's a reason 
there was a cool thing I saw last week. So he got hurt. I forget what game it was. And uh, the Edmonton game, maybe. And he got hurt during the game and he stayed on the bench in, in his uh, uniform. And, it, you know, he was out for the game, but he stayed on the bench. And they asked him after, like, like were you ready to go? And uh, Gallant's like, no, he didn't want to leave his team. Like, he wanted to be out there for the boys yelling. I've never seen that before. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, that, like, that just shows what a team guy he is, that he was, you know, in pain, didn't want to go back to get treatment, wanted to stay on the bench with the guys and, like, you know, pump them up. And uh, I think he still had words with someone on the bench too, you know, like, like he still was like in the, engaged in the play. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I, again, like I've never seen something like that before where a player gets hurt, um, but just decides to stay on the bench and not yeah. go get, get like treatment, medical treatment or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but last thing that I want to get to back into like Kako Lafreniere, there's a lot of talk going around, like, okay, Kako or Lafreniere, those guys busts, like they're not producing well. It's been a slow start for them. I mean, recently, last few games, Kako is just playing you know, like outstanding. Like, and I hope like this is the way he plays for the rest of the season, the rest of his career. Like, this is great. The way he's playing with Panarin and Strom, unbelievable. Can't ask for more. But for Lafreniere, I feel like it's more of a mental thing. I don't know if, I don't know if the Rangers have like, changed his play style since he was drafted or whatever maybe David Quinn had something to do with that but like I don't know if it's I feel like it's a mental thing with him like I feel like once he figures out yeah like I could still use what I used in juniors here like because I mean he's got talent I've seen it we've all seen it it's just maybe it's a confidence thing I don't know what do you think Uh, yeah I I don't know I think Kako was a confidence thing. I think that was definitely something that he need. Like the other night, I think that was just a huge relief. And you saw him score the first goal last night. And it's like, all right, this kid might have figured it out. Cause mm-hmm. the thing that, like, the thing that really, I don't know, like, uh, so I don't know if surprise is the word, but I guess like it's frustrating to see is the two of them played so well in the preseason. And you heard all this stuff in training camp, like, they both got bigger. They both, well, first off, Kako came back like a new looking guy. Like he was just jacked. Yeah. But again, he's what, 20 years old now? Like he's feeling into his body. Like, you know, he was a 19 year old, 18 year old kid. Like he's finally feeling into his body. Um, Probably working out for the first time in his life. You know, he's probably all natural in Finland. Um, Same with Lafreniere. Lafreniere, so he, you know, he worked with a power skating coach. Like he got faster, put on five, 10 pounds. Like kind of like saw what he had to be in the NHL. And they had this great preseason. You're like, these kids figured it out. Like, this is going to be, hence why I wrote, Kako's going to score 25 goals this year. Like, I, I think this, this is going to be a breakout. Mm-hmm. And then they come out and Lafreniere would score. You know, he's got four goals in the year. So what, he's on a 20-goal pace. Like, I think if, if Lafreniere scored 20 to 30 goals this season, in that range, Ranger fans are like, okay, nice. Like, that's a good year for him. But he's doing it in between games where it's really rough. Like he had the demotion to the fourth line. He had games where he's played eight minutes and really not seen a lot of ice time. You know, he's had some struggles in the defensive zone where he kind of gets lost and, and lets in a goal. Whereas Kako, I think has looked good defensively like he did last year. I mm-hmm. think that's something that he really stepped up doing. He's killing penalties this year. So I think from a looking at both of them, I think Kako has kind of taken more of a step even without the goal scoring this year than Lafreniere because he's earned more trust from Gallant in 
penalty killing and some of that stuff. Whereas Lafreniere, I don't think he has the trust of Gallant as much. I think that obviously him being demoted right away from that top line after a couple of games to a third line and then in Edmonton and in Calgary, he was on the fourth line, you know, really showed that, you know, yeah, the confidence isn't there, but also maybe the work ethic isn't there either, you know, whatever they're seeing out of him. So I think that's the biggest, because you don't, the Kako has not been moved down the lineup, but that's been his spot the entire year. He's been on that second line. There's not been much movement there. So obviously the coaches like where he's playing. He's averaging like almost six, I think 15, 16 minutes a game. So he's getting the ice time that he should see. Um, so that's the only thing that like that bothers me is that he's being, de- that Lafreniere is being demoted maybe because of a work ethic or whatever. Um, because that, you know, then that's not just like, Oh, I've, you know, I'm getting bad puck luck. Like, you know, maybe that's something else that he's, he's frustrating and not showing me it, you know, showing, you know, his potential on the ice or, you know, maybe he's, you know, not practicing well or taking things seriously. That's the only thing that would uh, upset me. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, the kid put together four or five goals like, like last year, towards the end of the year, he started getting hot and putting some goals together. He starts doing that. Maybe his confidence gets back up. His energy gets back up. Um, I, I hope they give him another look like we were talking before on that top line. Um, just hoping that those two, you know, I mean, there've been studs this year, really. I mean, Zabanjad maybe isn't scoring the goals, but you know, he's got 10 assists on the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe just playing with those high talent, not saying Heedle's on a high offensive talent, but obviously Zabanjad's on a level than Heedle is, um, maybe those guys get him going. I don't, I don't know. I think Kako's in a good spot. I think eventually Panarin is going to just, you know, get, I think the more he plays Panarin strong, the more he's going to just develop his game. Right. Yeah. I think Panarin has a lot to do with what Kako is doing. Cause it's like the way they're playing is kind of Panarin plays defense and now Kako's playing defense, like just like him too. Yeah. I I don't know. I I don't know if Panarin's like telling him, Hey, like this is what you should do when you're in the defensive zone or whatever. Like this is where you should set up in the neutral zone. So you could take the puck away and, you know, transition. We've seen him do now, you know, right. Exactly. That's exactly what he did in, in against the devils. I mean, he took the puck away from graves, like right off his stick. And it was a great play. I mean, what a play that was like, that was like the, okay. Welcome to the NHL moment. Like Jack Hughes had that overtime goal. Yeah. 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 That was it for Kako right there. For me, for me personally, like, I think that's, that was it. Like, I did not think he was going to like make a deke to the net. I thought he was just going to shoot it right off the give and go from, from Strom, but no, he just took the puck and, and made the move around the goalie. Yeah. I, and you see the skill the kid had by doing that, you know what I mean? Like the hands and everything. Uh, and I, I tell you what, the New Jersey game, like we said, was an exciting game. It was like the one time the, sh- the shootout actually lived up to a hype. Oh the yeah. Shootout. yeah. You know what I mean? That shootout was electric. Uh-huh. And Gallant, I got to give him credit. I was yelling at the TV because I was like, where is Fox? Like, why isn't Fox taking Right, yeah. I was like, come on, put Fox out there. But, I mean, he stuck with the kids. Like, he went Lafreniere and Kako. And I was like, you know what? That's pretty good. He stuck with those kids going out there because he, he knows the skill they have offensively. Mm-hmm. Kevin Rooney, again, my boy, kind of a question mark throwing him out right. there. Yeah, I was Fox. like, all right, what, what's Rooney doing out and here? Then, and then Kreider, who hasn't scored a breakaway goal in his life, goes out there it's his first shootout goal his entire career yeah you know that was crazy like i saw that he only had one shootout attempt in his career and i thought that yeah. was so nuts like in all he this can't, years playing 
the guy can't score a breakaway. He can't, whatever it is. He scores every goal everywhere else for some reason. He's got so much speed. You look at all his breakaways that he's missed of the, I mean, he scored a couple. Yes. But, um, but yeah, I, I saw Kreider go out there. I was like, where the hell is Fox? Like what is happening right now? Yeah. Um, but you know, I ended up working. And like you said, Gorgie, I've had some big saves. I, I think the devil's wrong. kept on shooting five hole. They're going to keep on scoring. Every time he, they went five hole, they scored, but um, you know, and another guy, Kreider can't score in a breakaway and Gorgiev can't stop a breakaway. They'd be great to practice against. Um, for real. Yeah. So to have Gorgiev step up there and kind of steal a win there for the Rangers. Uh, that was pretty nice to see. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I did not expect Georgiev to hang in tough like that, but it was, it was very surprising to see that he made those, like those couple saves, especially that the one where he lifted his leg up. Uh, Oh yeah. Was that on like Tatar? I think. Uh, It might've been Tatar. Yeah. That was incredible. He went, well, he went down way too soon. And then, Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, the leg up. And the Rangers had that with Demko did that to them in Vancouver a couple weeks ago when he made the skate save, when he didn't have the glove on his hand. And he sticks his skate in the air and Panarin's like standing there with his hands in the air, like looking up at the sky. Um, so it's nice to get one of those back because that was ridiculous when that happened to them. Um, but yeah, I I mean, when you look at this Rangers team and you look at the struggles, quote unquote, that Gorgiev has had this year um, and the lack of five on five scoring they've had and Panarin finally getting a couple goals this weekend, but only having two goals coming into the weekend. And this team's 10, three and three. Mm-hmm. And only I, now recently in the past, like what, three games have we actually played consistently good hockey? Yeah. Yeah. I actually put three periods together in a game. Like I felt like every game you get at least one period where they was like fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Like in Seattle, they just like stopped playing after the first period. Right. Exactly. And Igor yes. basically had to win that game by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean Edmonton, they obviously they fell asleep in the entire second period, third period, almost lost. Third period, yeah, the second almost period lost the game in this. regulation. You know, they lose in the in the uh, overtime. But um, if you ask me before the year, I'm sure you would say the same thing. Ten, three, and three. Would you sign up for that? I'd say absolutely. But Ranger fans aren't happy. You know, there's Ranger fans that complain and bitch and moan about it. Yep, exactly. And I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, this is the best this team has looked in a couple years now. And uh, and I, I think it's time for Ranger fans to kind of stop it and kind of just embrace this team. It's what it is. We watched the entire Henrik Lundqvist career, right? Of three, three two wins, two one wins, one nothing wins, one nothing wins. We watched teams that couldn't score. We watched Ryan Callahan block thirty shots a game. Yes, and and Dan Girardi and, and Mark Saul eat shots all game long. And then you score one or two goals and you win. That's where we're back to now. But that, you know, the, those teams made runs, you know, whatever it is. And I think they got a coach now that they believe in and they they really play for, which is huge. And, uh, and I love, I mean, I love what I've seen this year. Obviously there's been a lot of nerve wracking moments, um, but you know, they got a goalie right now who's playing really, really well. And 
like these top guys, like uh, Fox is playing incredible. I mean, Fox oh my. Is- I keep making the argument that he should win the the Hart Trophy. It's not gonna happen. It's not. David is just too good. Yeah, McDavid is just on another level. Um, but I think Fox could get some votes for it. Not first. He could. He He could get some votes for it. But he hasn't been a Norris Trophy or a Hart winning defenseman since Pronger in like two thousand. Yeah, he is so good. Like he made the little move last night on the oh yes. and it's just like the, the one where like he kicked that it to himself. Yeah, like that, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, why? Like, again, watching it live and not having the replay, it was one of those things where I was like, what did he just do? And then I went on Twitter, like at the next whistle, I go on Twitter and I'm like, everyone's got it, like the clip of it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, he did do that. But watching it in real life, he's so smooth that you're like, he just did something that I think was really cool. I gotta go back and see it because they don't show the highlights there, which kind of stinks. So you know, they don't they didn't show the big board. Um, but he is just so much fun to watch every night. Mm-hmm. Every night he does something. And like there's a badge and no look past the Kreider last night. Like these guys, they have so much skill along with this grit. Like these they have three, and I guess you could say Kreider, but they have three world class hockey players in this team. It's a Banjad, Fox, and Panarin. Mm-hmm. Like three elite world-class hockey players right you know like Zabanajad kind of fell down like in the neutral zone before Kreider gave him the pass like while they're on the rush like Kreider's yeah. going full speed and Zabanajad falls down and he's behind the two guys that are on the rush he catches back up to them and he still makes a like still literally play, yeah perfect pass over to Kreider I'm trying I, I think back like when was the last time they had obviously I mean we say last year but I'm saying like these like three guys like this with that we, talent, like we were hoping incredible. it was going to be Richards, Gabrick, and Nash. <laughs> yeah, we were. Um, we had like one play, one play where like those three guys like just made it happen on a line. <laughs> but like, like Fox is just on another level. Panarin is just obviously been a world class at world class player for years now, but. He needs to, you know, he started finally shooting this weekend in Columbus and he's carried that confidence now for the last couple of games and he's looked fantastic. That's what Zibanej- he actually needs to shoot because his yeah, shot he needs is to deadly. shoot the puck. Yeah, he needs to shoot the puck. Um, Zabanjad again, like he's just such a solid player. Like he's big on the di- ice all game long. And like big difference for me, I'd say, is like not to cut you off, but like on the power play, they're putting Panarin in like Ovechkin's kind of spot, like near yep. the dot, and they're putting uh Zibanejad in the slot, in the slot of, yeah. instead of like the other way, instead of putting Zibanejad in that spot and putting Panarin on the point, which I think is a good, I think it's great. Cause I think they both are deadly from those spots. Yeah. I, th- yeah but I think giant... Zibanejad's better from the middle though, from the slot. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think they're yeah, good. Yeah. With it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you have Kreider's giant body in front of the net, deflecting everything off his elbows in mm-hmm. front of the net. You know what I mean? Like it's a good power play. Which is why I think you can maybe slide a kid on that power play unit. Not to say Strom. You don't need Strom as much. You know yeah. I, yeah, you know what I mean. Like Strom might be able to get that second power play unit going a little more, and move Hedo to a wing. You know what I mean, and have Strom center that second unit. Yeah, because Hedo's got a pretty good shot. Really, it would play out. Blay was playing the front of the power play there, so mm-hmm. maybe maybe you know a Gautier can go to the front of the net or, there or go take there. that spot. Yeah. I know they use Hunt there every once in a while, too, in front of the net. Yeah, when there was um, injuries, yes. Yeah, so, you know, maybe Gauthier, that is a spot for him to, to take in. Last night, they played Truba again on that power play unit um, instead of another forward. So, mm-hmm. 
be interesting to see what they do there. But yeah, maybe put a kid there because the power play is rolling. Like they they're doing well in the power play. Yeah. I mean, Fox again, like him quarterback, like he used what you wanted uh Shattenkirk to be and wanted Keith Yandel to be and wanted Yandel you know, was pretty good though. Yandel yeah, was good. you know, yeah, Yandel was good, you know, wanted uh Delzato to be like all these guys that you're like, they're gonna be the next quarterback, quote unquote, of this power play. He's that, like he's that guy right. that exactly that, he's like the guy. So uh and, and like again, so that the the Ranger event I went to talking to these alumni, someone asked, I think it was Graves, like, is um is Fox Brian Leach? And he's like, Listen, I am the president of Brian Leach fan club, blah blah. Adam Fox is a different level than Brian Leach. Like Brian Leach. What is a Hall of Famer and did his own thing? Adam Fox does his own thing, and he compared Fox to more of a uh, Patrick Kane uh, type of player, where he does so many shimmies that yeah. he can lose a guy skating straight, and he's like it comes to a point where guys don't want to be embarrassed, so they don't pick, and that's why he he gets around guys so quickly because they don't want to be embarrassed by right, going to let and he just skates straight. And like his head and everything else. And he was like, you know, he's, they're different players, but he's like, yeah, the skill set and everything. Like, yeah, they both play two zones so well. You know, Brian was an unbelievable passer. You know, Fox is an unbelievable passer. Like that's the similarity, but he's like, you know, he's got some Sergey Zuboff in him too, where Zuboff can go coast to coast very easily as well. He's like, he's got a big, he's not just like Brian Leach, reborn like he's a mixture of so much skill uh-huh. into one player and I, it's crazy because brad park was there who's like a hall of fame iconic, unbelievable, iconic defense yeah. should have his number retired for the rangers as well he was talking about him and he was saying that he's the most fun player to watch in the nhl which was awesome because i know he's associated with the bruins too and he watched a lot of charlie mcavoy and he was yeah. saying that fox is the most you know electric player to watch and he said that he sees some of his moves in adam fox which is pretty cool to hear from oh, him that's, that's awesome that's a guy who was you know an unbelievable offense defenseman as well right. yep um and he's like you know i'm not gonna say he's bobby orish but he's like you know bobby Orr had the coast to coast that that fox can do so hearing those guys talk about him in that light was crazy it's just and, i always say like Fox is like the Bo Jackson from like the that nineties uh football game or whatever. <laughs> the Tecmo baller, yeah. Yeah, where like you, you just can't touch him. Like honestly, you cannot touch him. He does not get bodied at all. But go ahead, continue before I, I rude you rudely cut you off. No, no, you're good. I no, I just say it's like it he's just so like I, I see people post about it all the time. It's like Adam Fox is ours. Like, you know what I mean? Like you look back and like how many times you see like a kid coming to the NHL and it's like Adam came out of nowhere and he's like this stud. And you're like, how come the Rangers can't get someone like that? Like all these years, these prospects, like kind of like, you know, nothing happened. Like I feel like Buchnevich was a guy who like came out of nowhere and kind of like came into the lineup. And you're like, oh, wow. Like this kid from Russia we got, like, he's pretty good. Adam Fox, like you knew like, oh yeah. Like he was a good college player. Like he seems like he's going to be a good player. Like looking back on it, like I met him when he was uh, in before prospect camp. 
he was at the Rangers draft party. Well, before was, his first year? Before his first year. Oh, and yes, I, yes, yes. And I got a picture with him, and he's like, I'm 5'10". He's my height. You know what I mean? Like, he's 5'10", like maybe, what, six foot in skates? And, like, mm-hmm. like maybe a buck 50. And I'm like, this is the big, like, prospect kid. Like, this is the kid that we're like, I'm like, he's going to get killed in the NHL. And Ryan Lindgren was there. Um, and Lindgren is this big kid, and I'm like, and the, like the Bruins just kind of like casted him off. And I don't I know like, why they did that. That's and amazing. I was like, and I said then I'm like, this kid's a beast. And I left that and I was like, Lingren's gave me the star, and Fox is gonna be the guy that's gonna come in and kind of like struggle, maybe. I mean, they both become unbelievable players, but Fox, I mean, he's he's the best defensive in the NHL. I mean, it's incredible. Him and McCarr going back and forth in college and now gonna go back and forth in the NHL is such a cool little like sub story, too. Oh, like, yeah, these guys yeah. were. Hobie Baker finalists together and like they'll battle out hopefully for Norris for the next 10 years. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's just team. It does. It's a fun to watch team again, a team right now. And he is must watch TV. Adam Fox. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the equivalent. He's the hockey equivalent to Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. Like, I, I, I try and tell like my co-host, like he doesn't want, he doesn't watch baseball really. I'm like, dude, if you want to get into baseball, here's what you got to do. You have to turn on the Mets when the Grom is starting, and you have to watch one of those games. That's it. And he's like, well, oh, okay. <laughs> We're like, well, what about Garrett Cole? I'm like, don't, yeah, you can watch, don't worry you can about watch Garrett Cole. Too. Just you can watch him Jacob. too. Yeah. You don't need to worry about Garrett Cole. Just do Jacob DeGrom. I mean, but like, yeah, Fox is just – I can't believe, like, the way he's playing this year. I thought he was – I thought, like, the way he played last year – I've said this a number of times, but, like, I thought the way he was playing last year – that was going to be it like for the rest of his career. Amazing. But like this year he's added a whole bunch of offensive skills to like, he's shown off a bunch of offensive talent too. And I like felt, that. I was like, I felt like people were poking holes in his game at the end of last game last year. And they're like, Oh, he won't be able to sustain it. Blah, blah. blah. Like there's a lot of people that were upset that he won the Norris. And it's like, Oh, let's see him do it against the rest of the NHL, not just eight, eight teams. I think he's Killing showing it. pretty well that he can play against anyone. He's my front runner. He's my, yeah. I, I, I really can't. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of good defensemen, Hedman, Yossi, McCarr, McAvoy, those guys, they're all good. D- Dougie Hamilton too. You might even consider, but like, I mean, it's no question for me. Adam Fox is just, it's so damn good. And like, and then I agree with what you're saying too, but like, like about like the whole team, this is a fun team to watch. Like we've, we're fans and, and getting upset. It's, it's, this is part of the journey. Like we are mm-hmm. part of the journey right now from the re from the letter to now, this is all on the journey. So we take it game by game and they're The younger guys are going through the same thing. They're, they're trying to learn. Kako's going through it right now, right now. This is like, you know, hopefully this is like the climax or this is like the end of the rising action where everything starts to click for him. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, this is a very well-balanced team. I really like what I'm seeing. If they could, could like sustain this kind of play, like where they're shooting the puck so much, like, I mean, they had like 40 shots against Columbus. Right. And then like yeah. 40 shots against the devils, I think maybe. Yeah. Back to back 41 shots, I think. And then I don't even know how many shots they had last night, but there was just from the first period, first period was just, that was like one of the best first periods I'd seen from the Rangers because usually they start like pretty slow sometimes, but like last night they were right from the opening face off Kako shot, right, right, right. As he entered the zone, like 10 seconds in 
every everything that every time they had a good look, there was a shot on that. Yeah, I, I, they missed it in a lot last night because they they had I think it was uh, thirty four shots, I think it was, but they had like they had I mean they had over fifty shot attempts, uh, which good. was great. And that's something that Galan said last week is we got to shoot more, we got to shoot more. And then Panarin kind of answered that because he brought his name up in the co- press conference. That's a guy who we've you know needs to shoot more. And sure enough, he puts two goals in the back of the net right. that night. And it's like, oh, maybe you should shoot more. Exactly. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> I'm glad someone said it because this has been like a problem the Rangers have had. It doesn't matter who's coaching. Like this goes back to like the torch years. Oh, There's God. players that pass when they should shoot, shoot when they should pass it. It's been going on for, for a while. And, yeah. you know, Galant's addressing it. And, you know, I hope they get into this habit of shooting a little bit more because I was like skeptical in the beginning. Like I thought we were going to need to call up a guy like Payunami, who's just first instinct is to shoot the puck. Anytime he gets it, he, he gets it. But like, I mean, the way we're playing right now, no changes need to be made. No, no. I think uh, Greg McKegg's got his easy pass uh, from Hartford <laughs> to New York. The guy guys is burning through mileage. I hope he's getting money for gas. Oh my uh, God. Cause I, I know he's back up now with the injury. Um, but It'd be interesting to see, you know, I'm sure we'll catch up later on the year, but uh, I'd be interested to see when the Rangers do make a move, if they do, in fact, do that for someone to kind of take a scoring, you know, role maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But if Julian Gauthier puts it together, you don't have to do that. Exactly. Um, But if he does struggle, you know, where where do you turn? Uh, You know, I don't know where you turn to there, but I think if Lafreniere somehow – gets his way back into that top, you know, top six role. It's tough to say top line because Panarin plays in the quote unquote second line, which yeah, you know, it's I, tough to honestly, say that. I think Panarin Strom Kakos is top line. I think that's yeah. the first line. Cause just um, because Panarin's there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's tough to say that, you know, there's a one and just the you know, top six you call it, but, but they're going to pretty much, those two lines are pretty much going to get the same amount of ice time. They right? do. Yeah. Yeah. They get, yeah. They rotate pretty well. So, um, but yeah, so you know, if if Lafreniere can stick on because like you said, I don't think Goodrow is the answer long long term to that. Long term. Yeah. Long term. You know, right now he's fitting in well, but long term, you want to see a guy who can pour in 30, you know, 20 to 30 goals in that sport. Yes. Not saying Goodrow cannot do that, but you know, his track record and his history in the league says, you know, otherwise. But mm-hmm. um, you know, where he would position well, you know, in that bottom six, but you know, where where they turn if for some reason Lafreniere continues to struggle, if Gautier doesn't take a step up in his game, although it looks like he has in the short term that he's ready to take that step, hopefully for the first time in his career. Um, it'd be interesting to see where they where they turn and who they turn the deal and turn, you know, to someone. Right. Um, I know, think it would if they go for a guy like Tarasenko, you'd have to give up like a Kravtsov or a Goche because it makes sense. You're getting yeah. a winger, you're giving up a winger and a, and a draft pick, of course. I you know, I have to get into Kravtsov talk because I'm sure we'll go, we can go on about it. Oh day, my but, gosh, yeah. But, but I mean, if that guy just kept his head down, like yeah, maybe he had issues. It with, wasn't fair what they did to him. I will agree. And you know, yeah, definitely. I have some concern for how the Rangers organization develops. Remember, this is the same organization that drafted Dylan McElrath over Tarasenko, that drafted Pavel Brendel and thought he was the best player in the draft, that drafted Hugh Jessamine. These, this is the same organization. Sather was in charge at that time, too. And, I mean, he's behind the scenes now, but yeah, he might be pulling some strings. You might not. You don't know. 
but yeah. I, I go a little bit, but yeah, I get, I agree. Like Kravtsov, he should have gone down. He should have listened. Um, but like he'd be they, back. Yeah, he he would have been down there for 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 two weeks, and he would have been back up. And now for anything, he probably gets that first look on the first line. You know, what I mean, he he's probably getting that look there if he was here. Um, yeah, you kind of look back like, you know, what did they do to this kid that obviously he almost snapped a little bit and, and everything else. Like, you know, they're saying Chris Drury said whatever, you know, whatever what it was during the, um, during the, during the bubble practices yeah. or whatever. And obviously Kratzoff was down in Hartford when he was there, when he first left the, you know, America to go back to Russia early. Um, so like he had a history of doing it. So I don't know what, you know, what, if he was, you know, I don't know, someone said something to him, like, well, why don't you just go back to Russia if you don't like it? And then I kind of maybe rubbed the wrong way or whatever happened. But, you know, if that doesn't happen, then I think you're in a, a different position on this roster. But, you know, it seems like he's open to coming back to the Rangers, which, you know, that was the first time you heard that when he went over there, like, hey, I'm going to work my butt off over here and get my way back to New York soon. I don't know if that's just lip service, but, um, you know, if there, if there is an amendable wait I don't know, for him to come back to the team but like you said he's a great trade chip to have for mm-hmm. someone else and if tarasenko is the name that comes up you know that's that's a pretty good guy to add to this roster um and if it is kratzoff you're losing a guy who might not even be part of your future um so that's not maybe not a bad thing you know phil kessel's deals up in arizona you know it's a guy who Seems like, you know, He's a little bit on the older side, but we'll have yeah. to see how his play is by trade deadline. Yeah, exactly. He's more, of a, rental, more of a rental type it. guy. Uh, but with the cap situation, actually, you're probably looking at more at a rental guy anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the other side of it is if Philip Hedl steps up somehow this year and takes, you know, he's had flashes. Is he ready for a second line role next year? Or right. Not? And then that's the other and thing. Then, and Ryan Strom's deal is up and he's probably not going to be in your price range. It's going to be. He's so gonna, I looked, I was trying earlier this week. I was looking at like um, contract comparables and like, mm-hmm. I believe it was like Kyle Turris, like for the same amount of points and like the same amount of games, he's getting paid like 6 million or something. Yeah. It's probably where he's going to be like probably the five. That's what, that's, that was his contract when he was with the predators. Yeah. He's on a different contract now, but like that, that's like the comparable. It's going to be six to 7 million. I would say for him. And yeah. I don't know if the Rangers yeah. want to cough that up. I don't know. I mean, this guy that they've been trying to quote unquote trade for two years now. I mean, this guy is constantly in trade talks mm-hmm. and he's played so well with Panarin the last two years. It's tough to separate the two of them. Oh yeah, Aaron really said he's can. a I, I don't. I don't think you should. I think it, they work well. Just like Fox and Lindgren, it would probably be nice to have Fox and Miller, but Fox and Lindgren, you can't. You can't separate. You those can't two. mess with those two. Yeah. yeah. So good. It'd be and like Panarin said, he's the his favorite centerman he's ever played with in his career. So, you know, it's crazy that's to hear awesome. that. You know, so that's the big decision that the Rangers are gonna face. Like, what the hell do you do with Strom? Mm-hmm. and the cap space around that because i mean you have goodrow who could play a third line center for you like he's actually done pretty well on face-offs this year um and he you know he could play a center but you know that that means then you move heedle to that second forward second center and then you know you, you lose well, acquire a third center yeah. or you could just or you hope morgan Barron plays out and he's the and, biggest question mark of all. Like, what the heck is they doing? The guy lights up in Hartford every night. He's mm-hmm. the, one of the top three players. He looks a little, he looked a little out, Matt, um, 
like outmatched when he came to up when he got called up this this season. I know he's playing well with Hartford. I like what yeah. I'm saying. I like to see him get an extended look though, like more than just the game or two here and there. Like give the kid a, like a couple weeks to like get him a couple games, get some confidence in him, see what he can do. Yeah, I think um, I think for this, like if you called him up instead of McKeg, maybe. I, I don't yeah. know, but the the way the team is playing right now, I, I wouldn't even make any changes. I just keep no, 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 no. He the starting lineup for the next few games. Yeah, just yeah, just roll right now because you know you're a four game winning streak. There's no reason to touch it. Like there's yeah, no, no reason to don't touch it. anything. If it you ain't just broke, be, don't fix it. Yeah, you just beat Florida, the best team in the hockey. You just beat you know back to back. You went back to back this weekend, and then you had a good game against Montreal, even though they're struggling, but a good gritty win at home. Now we got to play um, Toronto, and that's going to be a good test. We yeah. That'll be a good matchup. And then what uh, this weekend you got uh, Saturday was the COVID cancellation against Ottawa. That's which crazy. Actually, I can't believe that happened. The whole team's vaccinated. They got 10 guys with COVID. Like, that's yeah, crazy. it's crazy. Man, it must have been like some strong thing. <laughs> Something got know. in there. Someone must have gotten really sick. Yeah, really. <laughs> got COVID plus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but I think it worked out well for the Rangers. They got back to back. They were going Ottawa back home against Buffalo. So. Now you only have one game this weekend, and uh, maybe that means you don't have to uh, to play Gorgiev. Although it'd be a nice matchup to have him play against Buffalo, um, you know, a weaker team, you can say. But they're actually off to a pretty good start in the year. And I would that. probably I would advise against playing Gorgiev against Toronto, even though he has a good track record against them. Well, you know, you know, they're putting Gorgiev in against the Islanders next week. You know, he's oh. the Islander killer. So oh, first game against Islanders. first game against the Islanders in the new arena. I, I can bet you that they have Gorgie every net because they got uh, Friday with the, the Thanksgiving showdown is against Boston. It's like a oh, game. I hate those every year. It's so, the same damn thing. Yeah. So I think they'll probably see Igor on Friday. I I've been pretty good at, at except for the Edmonton game. I got that wrong. I thought that was going to be Igor, but. Uh, I can see them going Gorgiev, giving Igor a break that Wednesday, mm-hmm. letting Igor go Thursday, Sunday, giving Gorgiev uh, Wednesday, almost giving Igor like a week off, and have him go Friday against uh, Boston, and then uh, the Sunday, I guess you go back. You go, I guess depending on how Gorgiev plays, because uh, you got two games because the Islanders that week. So, um, I mean, how good is the wake up today as a Ranger fan? A game out of first place, the Islanders are dead last. Yeah, I didn't even check the results of like I know Carolina and uh, Washington played last night. They had the yeah. West Coast games. Um, the Rangers were in first place by they point. were they were in, when I left the garden last night. They were in first place. I screenshotted it, and I was like, you know what? I'm waiting for the morning. I'll see how the other teams do. And they sure enough, they both won. Okay, um, yeah. so they're a point back at Carolina still. Competitive um, division, and the Rangers are oh my holding God. their own so far. <laughs> And yeah, I, love, I mean, love to see it. It's it's great to wake up as a Rangers fan. I mean, how about them Rangers, huh? Yeah, see Reeves said. said. Oh man, I, Ryan Reeves, uh, that guy is. I like him. I like. He's I a, yeah, he's growing on me. I, I like good. his personality. He's all about being a Ranger. Like that's what else can you want as a guy who loves and wants to be in? He said it like when he got here. He's like, I want to be in New York. He's like, I knew for years I was going to be in New York. He's like, I knew that's where my career was going. Like he's a guy who's. Like certain guys, like Sean Avery, like there's built for like the New York spotlight. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Avery tried to do his craziness in, in Dallas and they tossed him out. Like he came back to New York and he was Sean Avery. And he found again. himself back. And in Ranger York, fans yeah. loved him and he did it all. Like 
there's certain guys that just click in New York and yeah, they just not a care in the world and they just work out so well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he's just one of those guys that's going to be just a home run guy for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Those guys certainly don't come around too often. No, the, no. the ones where the personality, like the, the, his personality combines with the New York mindset and how they, how they treat the way they treat players and stuff when they're not going well, like when they combine and they're good. Oh, it's a beautiful sight. It's beautiful. beautiful sight. It is good. Yeah. yeah but uh, anyways, uh, thanks for hopping on with me. This is, this is great. The Rangers are playing well. Hopefully they could keep it up. Um, who knows? Uh, you know, maybe come trade deadline, we might see some rental acquisitions. Yeah, and you know what? And I think the Rangers, like you said, they're rolling so well now. I don't think they make a move uh, for a while. I think they kind of they wait it out. But if for some reason they go through a stretch, you know, it's one of those things like let's not wait too long to make a move. You know, if if there is something that you need, because obviously they're competitive and they're right in the mix here. So um, if you start losing five or six in a row, or you go on a ski where you like win like three of eight. I think maybe you do make the, like if, and if you're not producing, like if you're scoring five goals a game and it's like the defense all of a sudden falls apart, like it's completely different. But if it's like back to these like three, two wins or three, two losses, like, yeah, maybe go out and get an offensive scoring punch before. Right. You start if you're falling in every game, because, but you're just off by like a goal or two. Yeah. Cause like you said, this division is so good this year. Like everyone, I, I think it was well before I think last night or two nights ago, everyone was over 500. So, oh, yeah, yes, yes. You know, like the Islanders are in last place. The Islanders are probably on paper the second best team in this, right? In the division. And they're having a hard times right now. They're having a really difficult time. Yeah. And again, they haven't been home yet. They've been on the road the entire year. It's a lot of adversity they're facing. You know, they finally get in their home building next week, like we were saying. You know, maybe they start turning it around. They go on a Christmas run. They're a team not to cast off and say, oh, the Islanders stink this year. Not to worry about them. I I will continue to worry about the Islanders. I will continue to watch them because uh, they're they're a good team. They'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Their coach is too good. Uh, Lou is too good of a GM to let them fall apart. He'll go out and get the pieces they need to, to be successful. So um, Ranger fans, I think you celebrate today. You know, let your Islander buddies know. But, uh, you know, maybe not too much because – it might come back on you later on in the year, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the Rangers are on a good spot, and in this division, it's so tough. Um, it, it's great to see. Yep, I agree, hundred percent. Well said. Well, anyways, thanks again for coming on, Kyle. Uh, this is great. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our Instagram at the Boys Blue ninety four. See you all next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't. Stay